Husker Radio, 1400 KLIS. This is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. And now keeping himself with Martinez, five. He is going to be in. Touchdown. Adrian Martinez off the right edge. Runs in from 15 yards out. Tie the game. This is the KLIN Husker Hour, giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Three sets one over the Florida Gators. Now. Shoots the three. Got it. Isaiah Roby nails it from three-point land. And a good time was had by all. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. Busy morning. Really excited about today's show. Hope you are too. I'm Cole Stukenholtz. That's Caleb Henry. Hello, hello. We're uh, live on Facebook for the third week in a row here. This is fun. Head over to our Facebook page at KLIN Huskers. If you have not uh, done that already, if you're on KLIN and you just want the radio version, if you're old school, hey, you know what? I'm old school. That's fine. We got a youngin over there, but he might, I don't know. Are you old? Would you consider yourself a old school? I'm getting older. I know that. Okay, well, yeah. That feels close enough, doesn't it? Uh, you know, yeah, that that's close enough. I'll take that. Um, we we will. Uh, reason I'm excited about today's show. Uh, we will have somebody who's not old school, somebody who's very new school, joining the show later on. Um, actually, pretty soon. We've got Heinrich Harburg, Nebraska quarterback commit for 2021, Carney Catholic. Uh, he's uh, he's going to join the show via Zoom, so we'll have him on uh, on the live stream with us as well. Uh, committed a little a little over. A week and a half ago or so? Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he he committed, yeah, it would have been like last, not two days ago, but nine days ago. Yeah, yeah, like on Thursday, yep, yep. So so we're going to have Heinrich on, uh, talk to him about his decision. Um, we're going to talk to him about the social media contests that, that, that he and other recruits and commits have, uh, have gone through, and uh, that, that should be fun. We've got a Nebraska commit to talk about, uh, some more transfer portal news as always, uh, because... What would be a, a week without somebody, somebody coming or going from the transfer portal? Um, I, I wanted to get kicked off though, Caleb, with more of the more of the the path to reopen. Yes, you had a more. You, I mean, we've had news on this every week. More and more stuffs trickling out from a, from a really wide angle. You have the Premier League in in England opening up. I think June seventeenth. They're going to kick back off. Yep. Um, the Spanish Soccer League is going to kick back off La Liga. relatively soon. Then you have the NBA voting on Thursday. Well, the Italian top league as well, Serie A. Yep, yep. So, so you have that. All, all those, all those European soccer clubs and and um, soccer Which that, leagues are. That's are a that's a big do. deal when you think yeah. globally. When you have so those top top leagues come back now yep. in the United States, things seem to still be moving a little bit slower. Yeah, so you have the NBA, they're going to vote on Thursday. Their board of governors is going to vote on Thursday as to what they're going to do, when they're going to do it, how they're going to open it. Uh, we, we'll, we'll hopefully find out more details and know that by next week. NFL's still full steam ahead. They haven't really had any changes to their calendars other than people not being allowed in their uh, facilities, uh, but, but they still had the draft, obviously, online. Major League Baseball, they're having some trouble with negotiating between the uh, owners and players. But, hey, that's Major League Baseball. What's new? Uh, what I want to get to is how you've gotten the NCAA um, involved. So we've kind of seen the trickle-down effect from the states down to the cities, down to the organizations like the NCAA, now to conferences. And then you're, you're starting to get into planning for game day operations, how stadium capacity is going to look, what concessions are going to be like, mask wearing protocols. Like these are the types of things that you're going to start to see plans on uh, start to come out maybe soon. Uh, you had Ohio State looking at as low as 20% capacity mm -hmm. reportedly. Uh, Iowa State has only offered season tickets. No single game tickets are going to be available this season in, in Ames. And as of number, now, anyway. Yeah. yeah, that's the plan for now. And the number. Uh, which is, I think, 30,000 or so season tickets. That's about 50% mm -hmm. capacity. So all of these things are, are kind of filtering through, and it's getting down to the individual schools making decisions. And as we've talked about, there's no czar for football. <laughs> uh, so everybody's going to make their own decision, and you're you're... I don't know if somebody's just going to take the lead. Like, if you're going to have a big boy like Nebraska or Alabama or Ohio State come out, 
with a, a full-on plan, and then everybody's going to be like, oh, that sounds pretty good, and just kind of do that. Or if you're going to have individual schools ultimately end up doing their own thing. It's, it's all over the map right now, and I wonder if you might have a couple of influencers kind of lead the way because there's not a czar who's leading the way from the top. You're going to, at least in my opinion, I think what's going to happen is you're going to have a couple big schools say what they're intending to do. And their conference is going to essentially follow suit. Let's say Nebraska, Ohio State, Penn State all said, well, this is what we're going to do, and it's somewhat similar. The Big Ten is going to just follow immediately and say, this is what we're doing as a conference. And then once you have the Big Ten say that, the SEC is going to say, well, we're definitely playing football. This is how it's going to happen. The ACC is going to follow right along there. The Big 12 Bowlesby has been... Uh, their commissioner has been the most outspoken for any of the commissioners. Seems like he's getting interviewed five times a week, every week for the last month. And then the PAC 12 is just going to follow whatever everyone else is doing because the PAC 12 still plays football, I guess they they're there. (laughs) There, there, There was a, they participated, but yeah. So I think there's going to be someone is going to be that tipping point whether it's Nebraska, the Big Ten as a conference, or someone else, someone has to go be out front and say, this is what we're going to do. We kind of saw it when AD started talking about what they're going to be doing for fan attendance. Mm-hmm. Going to have that limited fan attendance. Ohio State talked about it. Um, Michigan talked about possibly not even having games. And then Iowa State has their 30,000. Iowa comes out and says... Well, we're expecting full fan attendance, but those that don't re-up for their season tickets lose those entirely going into next year, which, Gary Barta, that is one way to lose some fans in your state. It's a bold move. Um, Bill Moose earlier this week on Sports Nightly said they're still figuring out what that attendance is going to look like, not just Memorial Stadium, but you got to think, Devaney Center for volleyball, that place sells out. So you have a lot more to figure out at Nebraska than just football. Very much so. And if you if you didn't see last night, um, I mean, there was all kinds of news that came out yesterday afternoon and evening. But we live for those Friday news dumps. That that's what the KLI and Husker Hour exists for. Let's be honest. Like <laughs> these other these other news organizations, these other sports talk shows, they go Monday through Friday like a bunch of amateurs. We're professional. We're here on Saturday morning to get all that Friday news dump news and just deliver it to you with our analysis and breakdowns. Uh, so so we have late. Yesterday afternoon, the athletic department came out with the official release. University of Nebraska student-athletes will begin returning to athletic facilities for voluntary summer workouts on June 1st. And the sports that are involved in this first wave, football, volleyball, soccer, men's and women's basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have the big three, well, the big four with volleyball and then uh, women's soccer as well. Those are the first ones. Other sports uh, are going to be phased in over the coming weeks. So... That's now. That's out there. That's that's Monday. You're gonna have teams getting together as soon as Monday um, for workouts, for meals. Um, still with you know, it's trying to trying to you know go go abide by social distancing. Um, there's a lot more detail in the release if you haven't seen it. I mean, Huskers.com will have it, obviously. Um, so that that's a good that's a big step. Yeah, officially announcing it. Um, you hope that everything works out well because cases haven't exactly been going down around here, uh, Lincoln or Omaha. Uh, but hopefully you have the, the, the measures in place. You're, you're cleaning enough. You have all that stuff that, that will allow for people to stay together um, within the team and not have a big outbreak within the team. Uh, it's going to be tough to, to stop that. And God bless them for putting those plans together. <laughs> Cause I don't want to have to do that. Uh, that's, it's it's a complicated situation for everybody. Yeah, the 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 kids who are involved, the the administrators who are putting these plans in place, but that's a big first step for Nebraska in in terms of getting the team back together and frankly trying to build the program, continuing to do that in Scott Frost's third season. Now with these same, not essentially these protocols, but something else that they're going to be doing getting to this fall is waivers for freshmen to live off campus. Mm-hmm. Um, as a way to continue to separate the student-athletes. If you're off campus, you are living with, what, maybe three, four people in a house or an apartment, typically. Yeah. If you are on campus, you're, you're in those dorms, 
you've it's got free for all. It's a free. Yeah, you got <laughs> dozens on every floor. Yes. Um, let alone within the entire building. So w- those waivers are going to happen as well. We're going to start to see more and more of those things. How do you separate from the general population? Yeah. We also had the the proposal from NU President Ted Carter mm-hmm. cal- academic calendar change. Now some of the other places like Notre Dame said. They're going to move up two weeks, and then just the semester's done at that Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving break, ends break up area. The they they the kind of skip fall break earlier in there as well. Yeah. Um, for student-athletes, none of this really matters because you're there on campus. You go through all the holidays anyway. Yep. But for Nebraska, the proposal, and it still has to go to the Board of Regents, which I believe the next Board of Regents meeting is June 7th. So we at least have to get through this next week, and it'll be the next Monday. Uh, but moving up one week and then – getting towards i believe that last week of november being online is that what i saw it was i i think so i I think that's what it was uh jack and jack explained it a lot better on road to recovery last night you can get that podcast and all of our podcasts at klin.com also on the klin app absolutely so there's a lot of details in there you're gonna have workouts in smaller groups um and and the living situation obviously is going to be a little bit complicated as well because there's a pretty big roster at Nebraska, bigger than than most, obviously, mm-hmm. with all the walk-ons that Scott Frost has uh, within the program. But just from a football perspective, uh, we, we've been so focused for so many weeks on all the logistics around how you're going to get everybody back together, uh, what it's going to look like, um, and and you know the timing of that. But but just from a football perspective, look, this is important for the growth of the program. You have back-to-back losing seasons. You think you're going to be able to take a big step here this third season, um, especially early in the schedule with those first seven games, um, a lot more attractive than the last five, at least. And so getting everybody back in the same place, being able to have maybe position group meetings, mm-hmm. having a little bit of interaction, um, getting timing down on you know quarterback to wide receiver to tight end routes, um, getting the offensive line back together and, and getting to know who's going to be right next to you uh, for for most of the season, if not all the season, um, figuring out how you're going to layer the the defense with the the DBs and the linebackers and the D line and how all those pieces fit together, it's it's a puzzle every year. And to not have the time that they've had with spring gone for the most part, you had what two practices in yeah. spring. Uh, you haven't had summer uh, yet. Well, summer hasn't really started yet, but but the spring practices that's a huge thing. Thirteen of those fifteen you don't get back, and so to be able to get back together now and and at least in part start to rebuild what you were doing start to you know hopefully pick up where you left off and not have to go back too far mm-hmm. um that's big for where Nebraska's at and we've had the discussion as to whether or not this is beneficial or or more detrimental to where a program in Nebraska's phases are like what yeah. step they're in um not sure where that's at but for Nebraska where they're at now getting together that's a good thing get get everybody to to start interact again. Now here's a thought I had this week before we go into our break and get ready to talk with 2021 quarterback commit Heinrich Harburg out of Kearney Catholic um in-state athlete 65 super athletic. Uh with the DHM in the state of Nebraska that begins June 1st, football is not on that list. T- that's tackle football is not on that list. Touch football and flag football are on seven that on seven. are on that limited to non-contact. So theoretically, you could have quarterbacks throwing routes to wide receivers because you would you could put yourself in the category of just touch football for that. So there's going to be a way around this once we get to next week that with these voluntary athletic activities, voluntary workouts, Yes, a large part of that is the weight room and strength and conditioning and getting back into shape because there's going to be a lot of guys coming back that just did not have the facilities to stay in shape, put on the weight, gain muscle, everything that they had to do. But for those skill position guys, there's a way around this that they can be running routes. They can be throwing a football around by just saying, we're not tackling, this is touch football that's going on here. And I think we're going to see some creativity on that on how to maximize the workouts in the month of June. 
Yeah, I mean these these position coaches are going to be earning their money this part this uh, <laughs> off season. You're going to need to get real creative with the sleds and and with you know focusing a lot more on technique than than you are with the interaction uh, with a, another guy head to head. Like that Oklahoma drill is not going to be as popular this this uh, this off season. Man, nothing would nothing would have made me happier playing football than to not have that Oklahoma drill. <laughs> not a fan of that. I there were concussions involved. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. Well. <laughs> That, that might explain a little bit of why you are the way you are. Low man wins, and I was never the low man. <laughs> no, that's all right. You're tall. That's hard. All right. Uh, now, speaking of tall, uh, Heinrich Harburg going to join us in the next segment. He is Nebraska's 2021 quarterback commit. Uh, Carney Catholic. Got a lot of Central Nebraska going on today. You, me, and Heinrich joining us uh, next here on the K-Line Husker Hour. Really excited about this. Stick with us. Talking with current and former Huskers and those who cover the Big Red. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Caleb and Cole here on KLIN Husker Hour. Connecting with Heinrich Harburg here soon. Uh, If you missed the news yesterday, some coming, some going. You've got Nebraska picking up their eighth commit of the 2021 class uh, in Sean Hardy. Uh, Caleb, he's a six-two-six-three, 190-pound wide receiver. You got a big guy out there now. Hey, it seems like they always need him, this program. You got Omar Manning and Xavier Betts here in this last class, and mm-hmm. uh, it seems like they haven't had a big-body receiver since, like, Mo Purify sometimes. Um, it's like Nebraska with a true big man like Alex Marich. But anyway. And now they're building a bunch of big guys on the edge. Hey, you, you need them, right? So this guy's from uh, Kingsland, Georgia, uh, Atlantic Coast on the on the Florida border right by Jacksonville. Bigger body, like we said, he's the second kid from Georgia, which to go with Pooh Paul, um, Christopher Paul, uh, and he's Georgia's that state that is uh, you don't necessarily if you don't follow recruiting you wouldn't think of them as a a talent rich state, but right behind the big three of California, Texas, and Florida, you got Georgia and Ohio basically right on that next tier, and Nebraska has made a lot of hay. In the state of Georgia, they've gotten some kids out of there. I think each of the last two classes, and this is the second commit from that stat, from that state this year. Um, and Nebraska's on a little bit of a roll now. You got three commits um, over the last uh, over the just the month of May, mm-hmm. and that's their fourth in five weeks. If you go back to April twenty seventh as well. Now, when he when Hardy committed, they did the notes thing and screenshot and put up and. Yep. First of all, that part's always funny because very on brand of you, high school athletes. Yeah, you you talk with anyone in the media, they're like, "Well, here's another note. Let's scroll through these." And yeah. uh, but so as he he talking about the coaches, uh, Sean Hardy here talking about the coaches. He said they've shown they've showed me so much interest and support and recruited me relentlessly. This part I like. I know I'm headed to a program that's headed in the right direction. The coaching staff. Now has missed this coaching staff has missed two straight bowl games. Mm-hmm. The program itself missed three straight. Yeah. Losing seasons. Yeah. Recruits coming in, the coaching staff is showing me it's headed in the right direction. Yeah. And and that's we've 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 had this discussion too. I don't know how long you can keep selling that. Um is this the last off season you can sell that without results on the field to show? I don't know. Maybe you could still do it next season if you don't have um success this season. But the fact that they still have it and it still works in this situation, look, that's good. They're, Nebraska's coaching staff is doing their job. They don't have results on the field at Nebraska to sell. So they're falling back on UCF. They're falling back on Oregon. Um, they're looking at the system. They're looking at the talent. They're looking at recent recruiting results, what have you. Ultimately, you've got to get results on the field, and I think that's where this year has to come in, in my opinion. I don't know that it's going to work next year if you don't have any results and you're still selling hope. Um, but yeah, you're right. It helps this season for sure. And with with the way they're building the class so far, um, they've they've only got eight commitments. That's pretty low compared to other schools across the country. But, but but there's a reason for that going into this next year. Yeah, is that you you can only have so many guys, and because so many of the players that Nebraska has are underclassmen, yep. you fill up that 85 scholarship limit in a hurry without any attrition in Nebraska, yeah. although has had the attrition this offseason, you signed and brought in a bunch of guys too. Like there's more, yeah. definitely more staying than going. 
Absolutely. And and even though Nebraska's got a small class, um, that at that eighth commitment with Sean Hardy got them to basically 40th nationally. But in terms of how many they have, only Georgia, Alabama, and Oklahoma are higher rated in the rankings with as few num- as little number of recruits. They only have eight. Those schools have eight or fewer. Uh, Georgia, Alabama, Oklahoma, they've been in the playoff. So mm-hmm. that's not bad company to keep. You would think that as they continue, the the level of recruit that they've been getting is still going to be there, the average level, uh, the star ranking, what have you. Um, and it, Sean Hardy's a consensus three-star, uh, by the way. Yeah. And so that's encouraging. They're, they're still getting quality based on what the recruiting sites are thinking, Rivals and 24-7. Um, in in the, the outgoing news, you have uh, somebody entering the transfer portal. Uh, that was announced yesterday as well. That's Henry Gray. He redshirted last year. He's a safety uh, out of Miami. Well, he, he was a mid-year, so he hasn't actually been here for a season yet. Oh, he was... Oh, yeah, okay. He was a 2021... Uh, yeah, he was... Yeah. He was Henry okay. Gray was one of the big peer recruiters. That's right. Um, when he when he committed. Defensive back out of Miami, he was part of those four guys from Southern Florida yeah. that really made that push. Him, Francois, a, a couple other guys coming yeah. up. So he got here um, as a mid-year enrollee and went through some of the winter workouts and then after the first day of those uh of the spring practices we had the big press conference coach Frost said yep gray was going to he was missing the rest of the spring practices with an unspecified injury that's right um and then as we all know they only got two practices in and then everything got shut down um gray did go to twitter and he put up a a note as well saying that he was entering the transfer portal. Um, and he said the reason for it was quote, due to an unanticipated family situation mm-hmm. end quote, we don't know what that is. We're not here to speculate on what any of that is. We're just here to hope that all the best for Henry gray, four star recruit sounded like a great kid coming in yeah. and I'm sure he'll be successful somewhere else as well. Yeah. But hey, uh, his contributions will live on if he was, you know, good with peer recruiting. So, so that's a big plus. Um, he, he's he was helpful while he was a part of the class. Um, and and yeah, like you said, all the best to to Henry Gray. All right, we're gonna hit our break. Um, when we come back, Heinrich Harburg uh, will be joining the program. Uh, quarterback commit from Carney, Carney Catholic, uh, 2021 quarterback in the class for Nebraska. Joining us when we come back here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Quick break right back here on the KLIN Husker Hour with Caleb Henry. I'm Cole Stukenholtz, and right now we're very pleased to be joined by Nebraska quarterback commit for the 2021 class. Out of the state of Nebraska. Feels good to say that again. Been a while uh, at a Kearney Catholic. Heinrich Harbour joining us here on the K-Line Husker Hour. Heinrich, good morning. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. So uh, I want to get started with this. I just want to get this out of the way. I heard that you have size 17 shoe. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah for, uh, yeah, for most cleats and shoes, I wear a size 17 where do you they don't have those at retail stores you have to order those right yeah those are all online does jay terry nebraska equipment manager know this is he prepared for you yeah i think they have a special <laughs> i don't think i'm the biggest shoe size that they've ever seen i think they can mold shoes and whatever they need to do to get me a shoe size that fits me so i'm not worried yeah good deal well so i i want to dig into a lot of stuff with you but first off just why Nebraska and, and why commit when you did? Um, you know, it was um, ever since really the first spring practice I'd attended, um, it really just felt like it clicked. Um, you know, there's a lot of interest from different places, um, you know, Clemson, Auburn. But, you know, in the end, I was looking around um, and I just couldn't see anyone else beating out Nebraska and the opportunity that they had to give me. Um, with the new coaching staff, the um, experience that they had with quarterbacks like me. Um, you know, I just couldn't see anyone else beating out that opportunity. 
Heinrich Harbor joining us here. So you're a Nebraska kid. One thing that I noticed when your offer announcement went out on Twitter, uh, you had, you know, that you have the standard fare, I think it was making me a picture of the stadium, picture of a player, and you got a picture of you as a kid with Tom Osborne as well. I don't think that's uh, very common in terms of a lot of legendary coaches being in pictures with kids when they an- announce their offer. Uh, what, 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 do you remember when that picture was taken and kind of story behind that? Yeah, I think I was about eight years old. Um, you know, my dad being an alumni and, um, you know, playing for Coach Osborne had, you know, he just wanted to bring me up from Nashville. Um, and we went and saw practice. Um, I actually got to throw the ball with like Jerry Crick, um, you know, and Dominican Sue, you know, sign an autograph for me or whatever. Um, and so that was, that was a really neat opportunity and experience. Now, Heinrich, uh, you were waiting to get to go to a, a junior day. A lot of the times that you would get to show off, the coaching staff wanted to see you throw. What was your thought process when everything got shut down? There wasn't the offer yet. You hadn't gotten to really show out for this coaching staff. Um, what what was that time frame like for you between things really getting shut down and ahead of getting that offer on I know you were still getting other offers, but what was going through your mind saying, hey, I can prove myself to this coaching staff if I get the chance? Yeah, I felt confident they'd wait for me. Um, you know, they'd been pretty they'd been pretty open to me from from really the day that, you know, I sat down with Coach Frost for the first time that look, I mean, you you're you're a big target for us. We're gonna see you throw. Um, and so I was confident that that would happen. Um, and so I wasn't worried about, you know, anything else like that. But, you know, it was, um, I didn't know if, if the dead period had only gone through June, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if I didn't have an offer until probably now because Coach Frost really did want to see me throw. Um, but I think there was, uh, I sent in enough video and he, um, saw enough to uh, trust the film is what he said. Now, as we speak with Heinrich Harburg, 2021 quarterback commit out of Kearney Catholic, uh, speaking of video, Heinrich, I know a lot of guys, and it seems like you're pretty good with the other recruits, a lot of guys were fishing or doing a number of those things, and then you decided to just out-athlete everybody. What what made you decide to start asking guys to show off dunk videos and then you to really just show up everyone with your dunk videos? Well, I was getting out fished by about <laughs> 10 times. Um, <laughs> I couldn't catch a fish to save my life. And so, um, you know, I was I was getting tired of just seeing Jalen Noel and Marcus Imbo and all those guys just hauling up these dragons of fish. Um, and so I had to... I had to put something on that, um, you know, I think I could show them up in. But I think um, I think I had a pretty good run for my money with Henry um, with that backboard breaking shack dunk. Yeah, that was a that was a good one, and we've got that uh, those videos playing here. Uh, the, the slow motion was especially good for it. Now that's football, that's basketball. The season you didn't get to compete in this spring was track and field, as as a team. Carney Catholic, both boys and girls defending uh, state runner-ups in Class C. I happen to be wearing that Carney Catholic uh, state track shirt right now. Tell your mom and dad hello for me. Um, right. What were you, high jump sprints, what were you expecting to be able to do this spring in that? Because that's one of the things this coaching staff has talked about, and you hear a lot of guys with the NFL draft when they talk about those multi-sport athletes football, being able to do some stuff in basketball, but then especially track the speedsters and athletes like yourself. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't play basketball this year. Um, I really focused in on honing my craft on, you know, getting out to Denver to train with my quarterback trainer. Um, And so track was going to be a big season for me Um, just to kind of show the, um, how the athleticism translates. Um, I was going to, Really, my goal was to run a high 10, 700 and um, high jump 6, 8. And um, you know, I think I think it would have surprised a lot of people, but you know, I really feel like those goals are realistic with um, the muscle and um, everything that I'd put on since last track season. 
Heinrich Harbour joining us here on the KLI and Husker Hour, Husker 2021 quarterback commit. Heinrich, back to some of the the other recruits and commits that uh, you're talking with. Quarterbacks are usually uh, committing pretty early in the process, and they're almost always important in the area of peer recruiting. Uh, How much have you done in terms of, you know, talking with other guys who, you know, are already in the boat, guys who aren't committed, and uh, maybe who are your, uh, your top targets right now? Who are you after? Well, you know, it's a different, it's a different process for everyone. Um, you know, there was, there's some guys that don't like that. They mm-hmm. just want to be kind of left alone. Um, and so, you know, you have to respect that. Um, you can't step across the boundary. Um, otherwise you come across as, you know, do I really want to, does, does I really want to room with this guy in for four years or whatever? Um, and then there's other guys that are completely open to, you know, calling, talking to them. Um, and so I think really the first step in that process is just kind of feeling them out um, and just letting them know that, look, you know, if you need anything, you know, I'll be here. But, you know, I think one of the biggest things is letting them know, look, I'm not going to talk trash on the other schools recruiting you. Um, you know, I'm going to tell you what Nebraska has, do- has to offer, um, at least from my perspective and um, what we're going to build here. On the football side, what have Coach Frost, Verduzco, Lubick, uh, what have they told you about your game? What do they like, and where do they see more, most improvement for you as uh, you prepare for your senior season? You know, they they kind of told me, look, we're not going to coach you until you get here. Um, they want me to be a high schooler. You know, they, they told me, don't worry about putting on weight or anything like that. Um for us, at least. But, um, you know, Coach Riusko says, I'm not going to coach you till you get here because, you know, I, I think you should play out your senior season like you're still in high school. Um, but, you know, I think I think there's just, um, for me, it's just making sure that, you know, I'm not going to go for, I'm not going to try and gun for 3,500 yards passing. I'm going to go for wins, go for completion percentage, and, um, low interceptions like last year. Heinrich, as you missed out on the spring season, and obviously things going into the summer here have more or less been closed down across the state. Now some other things are going to be able to open up with the latest directed health measure this Monday. What have your workouts looked like? What have you been able to still do over the last couple months to to get in, really stay in shape? And you got that offer, got that commitment. Now it's, like you said, how do you keep getting better for that senior season? Yeah, well, it's been hard. No one knows this, but um, three days ago, I got my wisdom teeth pulled. Oh, so I've lost eight pounds, and so I was dunking with no wisdom teeth. So <laughs> no one realizes that. Um, but um, yeah, so I've lost I've lost a lot of weight, but um, you know, I put on um, before wisdom teeth. I was I was up to the highest I'd ever been, um, and so I have a weight room here. Um, that I can get a lift in and then, um, you know, getting out to Denver as much as I can um, to see my quarterback trainer. All right, Heinrich, we've got to get you out of here on this one. And this is mostly because I've worked with both of your parents, coaching with Carney Catholic, especially your dad. Your dad was a walk-on fullback for Nebraska and your mom track at Oklahoma State. Well, a lot of what we talk about is where do athletes get their, their genetics and inherit their athleticism. We got to know. Is it more mom? Is it more dad on you being this kind of athlete right now? I'd say neither. <laughs> They're both super short. Um, <laughs> you know, my dad's six foot. My mom's five, eight, maybe. Um, you know, yeah, they're they're both athletes. Um, but I think really it's just a blessing from God with the combination of height, size, and, and ability, I don't think. Um I think it's it's just a blessing from God. I've never heard the hedge on the neither. That's pretty good. <laughs> hey, you know what? You got to come with truth. If it, if it is, it is. You know that's that's just how it is. Um, well, hey, uh, coming from uh, somebody who's a Loop City kid over there, and uh, I was born in Kearney. I don't live there. Didn't live there for very long, but uh, some Central Nebraska here in the house, and uh, we uh, we appreciate you having uh, coming on the show. It's been a real treat, and uh, best of luck your senior season, and uh, of course when you get to Nebraska as well, Heinrich. All right. Thank you for having me.
All right, Heinrich Harburg uh, joining us here on the K-Line Husker. That was, that was pretty fun. Uh, we'll have some reaction to that uh, when we come back as well uh, as some of the news from the NCAA that uh, Caleb wants to, to, to talk about a little bit. Power 5 conferences going to the Congress. Yeah, interesting move there. And um, I, I want to talk about a baseball organization that gives new meaning to the description best team in baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, so all that coming up here. Plenty to get to on the KLI and Husker Hour. Coming back right back after this. Giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. Well, that was fun. Heinrich Harburg just uh, joined us here on the KLIN Husker Hour. If you missed any of that or you want to relive it, head over to the KLIN podcast page, or you can always catch up uh, with the show at KLIN Huskers on Facebook and Twitter. You can watch it even if you didn't uh, get to see it. Uh, in per- with your own eyes, uh, just your ears. Cole, uh, before we get to everything else that's um, maybe not as important, something yeah. very, very important needs to be brought up. Yes. Happy birthday tomorrow. Oh, hey, thanks. You're welcome. Yeah, appreciate that. What yep. Is it? Uh, th- 31? Uh, plus five. 31. Got it. Good. There you go. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, appreciate that. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I, this is the time of year where school gets out and Memorial Day and summer starts, and it's my birthday. It was, like it, all the stars aligned, that was my the thought in my head uh, growing up. So yeah, it's uh, this is the time. Unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of the same feelings because I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not going out to a pool or going, you know, putt putt golfing or going to a baseball game. Like finding a Royals game to time. go back to. Yeah, or a regional weekend too. You know, I, like I don't know if Nebraska baseball had been hosting a regional, but I remember going to to regional games. Yeah. you know, in and around my birthday too. So. Um, yeah, so Heinrich Harburg, I, some of the, his answers are really good. Like you, you appreciate when kids have this kind of mentality because not everybody does, mm-hmm. I don't think. Um, but like the peer recruiting question I asked him, first thing he is, says is like, yeah, well, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to impinge on someone's, you know, privacy or, um, or, or their time if they don't really want to have, a lot of discussion. Not like, everybody's the same. Out. Yeah, which is exactly how a leader uh, should, you know, kind of gauge how everybody, every guy wants to get talked to. You, mm-hmm. you can't coach a guy the same way, every guy the same way. You can't, um, you can't lead every guy the same way. And so, for him to recognize that at this age is, is I, I think, a pretty good feather in his cap. Very much so. You have that one, and then I like from this coaching staff saying. We're not coaching you till you get here. Go, yeah. go, go! Be the high school student athlete. Uh, do the things you need to do. Um, you, there's a there's a great coaching staff at Kearney Catholic that that has Harburg in their hands, and yeah. they're doing well. And he's doing other things with private instruction. But yeah, he says quarterback coach out in Denver. But from Verdusco and and Frost and all of them to just say no, go be the high school student athlete. Go be the Kearney Catholic stars. You'll be a Husker. Mm. We'll get to that point. We're not going to coach you on those things until you get here. Yeah, and and that's kind of the the that's kind of the personality of Scott Frost and of this staff, right? Like they they kind of slow play recruiting a little bit. They're not all up in your face, and you know a lot of coaching staffs, I think, probably would have a different type of approach to most recruits like saying we want you to start doing this now start developing this now so when you get here maybe we're a little bit further along and look i mean every every kid's different Mm -hmm. you know some kids need that push from something that they can see further down maybe they're more motivated to do it for a college coach than their high school coach you don't know what relationships are like yeah and and you know and whether that's what is ends up being successful uh, for Nebraska remains to be seen, but that's the way they're doing it, and it obviously works with a guy like Heinrich, and he seems to have that same type of personality. So it seems like a good cultural fit mm-hmm. for the program. Very much so. Um, one of the things that we we touched on um, that I wanted to get to um, was the NCAA um, and their their decision. Uh, but did you have anything else you wanted to hit on with Heinrich? No, no, no. Before I think moving on. I think he's a great get. He's someone I've known. Um, I've seen him in a gym since he was in eighth grade, freshman year. Yeah. Um, was lucky enough to coach with his parents on those Carney Catholic uh, track teams the last few springs. Um, great family, great kid. I think that's one of those guys you get for for an in-state guy, a legacy guy. 
almost you can't it's like a can't miss you and you have to get this guy mm-hmm. because this is one of those guys that both athletically academically and what he's he's able to just be as a person you want those guys on your team at Nebraska yeah, and the we didn't really get into comparison much, but one of the comparisons that's been thrown out there with Heinrich Harburg is Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Herbert was, and that's one of his Eugene, favorite, yeah, favorite quarterbacks. Yeah, it just so happens uh, he's a Eugene, Oregon kid, right there where Oregon University is. Um, Scott Frost recruited him; he was very lightly recruited, and he developed over time. Had a great college career and ended up being a first round draft pick. He's going to play for the Chargers and mm-hmm. lose a lot of games to Patrick Mahomes. Tough for him. <laughs> um, but that's the comp. And, you know, it's there's a lot of similarities. You got size, uh, lightly recruited, at mm-hmm. least at this point. He, he might have blown up had things been different with the pandemic and he goes through his track season and people see what, how athletic the kid is. Maybe that's different. But um, Scott Frost sees him, sees what he can do with him, sees the development down the road and, and, and extends the offer and gets him in the class. So, yeah. Um, that that's the comparison that's out there. Just uh, um, if if you haven't seen or heard that already. Okay, so the NCAA released uh, what they're calling their action plan on. Um, I love this phrase: the resocialization of collegiate <laughs> sport. Can you imagine a more NCAA like phrase than resocialization of collegiate sport? Um, so they put this out. It's kind of their their handbook, their guide, what they want to do um, to to reopen things. I'm not going to get into a lot of the details, but um, the fact that they put out something in writing like that, um, we talked about what Nebraska was doing. They announced it formally last night. They put out a release saying that kids are going to be back on campus from five sports starting June 1st. Mm -hmm. Having that out there, that's a big first step. And having the NCAA put this out there uh, with it in writing for everybody to read and to see and to to have an understanding of where they're at right now, where their thinking is timing-wise, protocol-wise, that's again an important step to take to be able to get things back to at least a point where you can have athletic competition in the fall. Maybe not the same way we're used to it with full stands and and fans and uh, everywhere and tailgating, but at least you can have a framework for this. They're making that they're making that public and putting it out there. The guidelines is one of those benchmarks, one of those steps. We saw it when um, just take it nationwide when the White House put out their phase plans, which I don't think anyone really followed. But no. that was the first thing of the, the, the from the top down, this is what the, the game plan is to go forward. And then you saw the states kind of go through, this is what we're doing, the localities maybe having their own task force. It has to start somewhere. So the NCAA having those, I'm sure the Big Ten is going to come out with really their own um, resocialization, uh, return to play, all of those things, because the Big Ten, we have to remember, has their own task force on uh, emerging infectious diseases. Yeah. So, and and UNMC's Dr. Chris Cradiville, we had on, we talked with him on Road to Recovery, played some here on Husker Hour as well. Seems like years ago, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. but that was just about a month ago, yep. and. The Big Ten's going to come out with their plan, and I'm sure and Nebraska's had their own plan on how they're re-socializing the student-athletes in as they've worked with the UNMC uh, doctors and experts. And that plan, Bill Moose said on Sports Nightly, the rest of the Big Ten is really adopting what Nebraska is doing. So Nebraska, we see not just a leader um, in so many different things athletically throughout the decades, academically throughout the decades, but here in the pandemic, being a leader again on how do we get things back. Yeah, and and those guidelines, uh, we, we touched on them a little bit earlier, and, and like I said, there's a release out. You can find it on Huskers.com. We might we can tweet it out too. Uh, but, but the way that everything's kind of piecing together, and there's still a little bit of time, but times, you know, it, before we know it, it's going to be August, and you're going to have – you know the time when fall camp would be kicking off. Um, so, so to get these plans in place now, uh, when we're just eight weeks, nine weeks away from that, uh, that's important. And without having the the top down leadership, the the uniform, you know, the the, the benchmarks to hit, um, all these different things, I, I think it's important to put things in writing. But mm-hmm. so much is going to be up in the air because. You, you don't want to paint yourself into a corner if you're the NCAA or any one of these conferences. Yeah. You saw people uh, that are in you know positions of power, like the conference commissioners. Uh, I, I think it was Bob Bowlesby who at one point was saying, we're not going to have 
games if students aren't on campus. Yep. And then, like, I don't know, the next week, he said, well, you know, maybe we can do that. We can find a way. Because somebody somebody somewhere reminded him, hey, um, we have to play football or nobody gets any money. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the reality of the situation. Uh, and, and there's, I mean, small businesses, big businesses, Mm -hmm. people, everybody's in the same boat right now, um, in terms of, you know, looking at a a little bit less money, but you're seeing schools cut sports across the board. Yes. And that's, that's just the tip of the iceberg, I think, because this thing's not over by any stretch. Um, you're, you're not to the point yet in the fall where, Maybe a school just says we can't do it because we've got an outbreak, or maybe a conference says we can't do it because these two or three schools have an outbreak. Uh, things could get bleak at that point, but right now I just think people want to keep their options open as much as humanly possible. I know we've got NIL stuff to get to, yes. but the, the, talking about the timeline, the football NCAA Football Oversight Committee is... They met on Thursday, I believe it was, yeah. or maybe it was yesterday. All the days have run together right now. Um but they're going to be recommending a six-week uh, football preseason. Typically, it's what, four weeks. Yes. So you're you're trying to add a couple weeks, get some more practice, get some more acclimation, make up for lost spring, essentially. Um, and if they do that, it has to go to the NCAA Division One Council to be approved first of all. So that's probably going to happen here in the next week, week or two. Um, but the first games are like August 29th or something. So if you go six weeks ahead of that, that's in the June 20th area, or July 20th area. Yeah. When you start thinking that, you go, we are a month and a half from when teams are going to have to start reporting yeah. for their preseason football. We're, we're kind of getting to that, we're right up against that line now where decisions have to be made on what the fall is going to look like. Yeah, you're, you, you are correct. You're right there. Um, all right. Uh, like you said, NIL stuff. Uh, I know you have thoughts. Love on that. NIL stuff. Um, and uh, one more name in the transfer portal we didn't get to. Not a football player, different sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, wanted to hit on that. Uh, so, wrapping the show up right after this when we come back. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN and on Facebook Live. Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Teased this earlier in the show. If uh, if you've been paying attention to, to Major League Sports, Major League Baseball, you, you started to see minor leagues, uh, minor league players getting cut. Yeah. Organizations just Hundreds saying, yeah, of them you know cut. what, sorry, you know, good luck out there. They're making what four hundred dollars a week. That was all they were getting paid. Yeah, four hundred dollars a week. Yeah, owners are billionaires, but whatever. Um, happy to know that an organization that that I follow. Yeah, they're, that's well done. They are doing what all the other organizations should be doing, and hopefully they can help them reverse course. So the Kansas City Royals are paying every minor leaguer the same all the way through. I think July or August yep. at the very minimum. Uh, and then they're not released. They're not going to have to let anybody go uh, that they employ in any of their front offices. Uh, and the majority of the lower paid folks aren't even having to take pay cuts. Just some of the higher up executives are taking some pay cuts, mm-hmm. um, which is awesome. You're not you're not having to let anybody go, and all the minor leaguers get to stay in the organization. Those are uh, a couple of the bare minimums that you can do when you're a an owner of a major league baseball franchise. Yeah. Like the Oakland A's, uh, they're I mean, famously stringent with their money, but <laughs> that guy's worth two billion dollars. And yeah. they were, I think, the first one to come out to say, Yeah, we're cutting our minor league for this season. You know, whatever. So I was very happy to see that. I'm repping the Royals today for that reason. That's good. Um Caleb, Nash uh name, image, and likeness stuff. Power so- five conferences asking Congress to legislate this because they don't want to wait for the individual states. Your so, thoughts? So a couple things. First of all, the individual states have been doing a number of things. We talked with Senator Megan Hunt out of Omaha, what they were doing for Nebraska. Pandemic happens. It doesn't go to the third round of voting, doesn't pass here in the state, but it is happening all across the country. California and, and Florida have passed theirs already. Um, and I'm sure it might come up again in July when the unicameral gets back together. But the, the Power Five League commissioners are asking Congress to enact clear national policy on NIL, not wait for the NCAA process to conclude. Now, this is the big thing here. 
The NCAA process is supposed to, in I believe January 2021, present what NIL should be to be a, to be voted on. The Power Five conferences trying to skip that, go directly to Congress, tells me a couple of things. First of all, it means they want to control it, not let the NCAA's proposal control it, because the Power Five conferences have put a record number of money into lobbyists for Congress. The Power Five conferences are trying to control what the NIL is. A couple of their points, one of them, promote academics. It says, to minimize encroachment of NIL into the initial recruiting period, requiring a term of academic progress before they can uh, be part of that NIL. That means they have to be there for a semester. Football players, you're playing. You have to be an early enrollee. Yeah. So I think we'll see more of that, but... Not everyone has that opportunity. Sure. So there you're trying to control it and say, nope, you got to get to campus first before we can do anything. Yeah. And then the other one that really irked me, <laughs> the preserve standards. And it says to permit universities to preserve their standards and policies by prohibiting NIL agreements with advertising categories inconsistent with higher education, meaning tobacco, alcohol, and gaming. Do you think any university in the entire country has ever had a single cent come to them because of tobacco, alcohol, or gaming, whether it's through tax dollars, whether it's through advertising on NCAA championships, that money goes to the universities. Mm. So I'm not saying that you should have the quarterback at X university out there promoting his favorite light beer, but if they're old enough to partake, I don't think you should be able to take that opportunity away from them and legislate them away from those things. If the universities are able to make money on something, so should the student-athletes. And I think that this is its really a crock from the Power Five conferences to try to circumvent everything, to further put their hand and fingerprint on the NIL process. I'm on the scale. They're trying to pay their way through Congress to control what the next NIL process is going to be. You know, from the standpoint of trying to bypass the NCAA, I applaud them because I don't think anybody really likes having to wait for the NCAA to do anything. Talk to any kid who's asked for a waiver or an appeal or oh, anything like sure. that. Oh, for sure. But when yeah, you no, look at the are, money yeah. they're spending on lobbyists, yep. you know they're trying to put it way more in their favor. There we go. Happy Saturday. That's why That's why they pay him the big bucks, folks. That's KLIN Sports Director Caleb Henry. He has thoughts. Uh, I'm Cole Stukenholtz. Uh, thanks to Heinrich Harburg, and thanks to you for joining us. Uh, enjoy the weekend, and we will talk to you next week. Go Big Red.